Hey everyone, welcome back to OPA Podcast episode 52. Today is just three of us. Uh, I'm on your host, Jason No, along with the other two guys. Go ahead, guys. Griff- Griffin Most. Uh, you can call me Eli or Soup, whatever uh, suits your fancy. It is soup season, though, so maybe maybe that's the one. And we're back again. Uh, Laurens and Wyatt are out, but today we have a jam-packed podcast for you guys. So again, like we said, we took a break last week for the bye, so we're back uh, fully recharged, except for Griffin. He's pretty tired. He just came back from New York. Uh, but we're going to recap Purdue, preview our next game versus the uh, Illini, and then some other topic and items to discuss uh, in the meantime. So going on from there, uh, gentlemen, uh, last week, um, our Golden Gophers uh, lost to Purdue 20-10, um, to 10, uh, now making us uh, over our record 4-1, uh, fourth in the Big Ten West at one and one. Uh, in front of us is, the, is tied for first, which is the Illini, Purdue, and surprisingly Nebraska. And then under us is uh, for, at one and two, tied for last is Wisconsin, Iowa, and Northwestern. Um, but yeah, uh, getting into it, initial reactions from the game. I know we're pretty much a little over a week out from watching this game, uh, so I'll mention mine. Uh, it broke me as a fan. Like it was so bad that like I had to take a week off from football in general. Like I I even skipped Thursday night football, Sunday and uh, Sunday Monday football after the Saturday game, uh, except for the Vikings. But other than that, I was like I don't want to touch anything football. I just need to like get all that stress out. The cardiac kids. Like the Vikings made it worse. Don't get me wrong. They almost lost to the Saints the week prior, and I had to take a step away after that game like that's how stressed out and pissed off i was and mad uh how about you guys i mean for for me it's this game was easily winnable even without muhammad ibrahim and it really just came down to some big mistakes um offensively uh just the fundamentals catching footballs uh that are thrown to you uh, that make hit you it, between the numbers. Yes, that hit you between the numbers. Uh, you have kicks that need to go through the uprights from very short distances sometimes. Like, let's uh, get those, and right there, there's 10 points, and it's a 20-20 game. Um, so, and it's not, not to discount Purdue by any means because their two losses were in the final minute of both games they could easily be a 5-0 and team if everything goes their way. Um, but this game ultimately came down to the Gophers' mistakes, and I think two weeks is more than enough time to uh, do some catching drills and some kicking drills. Yeah, I mean, Griff, I think, you know, you hit it. You hit the nail on the head. It's something I said on the way home, too, was that, you know, sometimes like you can be upset about losing to teams that you think you're better than because of X, Y, or Z reason. But it really, I like, didn't really feel like that. Like I was obviously upset that we lost, but like I, it didn't feel like catastrophic at all because it was like, we beat ourselves. Like we, we, we beat ourselves. We made way too many mistakes. We let this team hang around and they really only had two, you know, good plays if you think about it they had like the one deep ball to charlie jones and they had that big run towards the end of the game to seal the deal but other than that like they didn't really they didn't really do anything that that special like yeah they just did what they do at purdue and they matriculate the ball down the field and they put up points like that 
that is who they are. That is what they do. And, uh, you know, they out executed you and that's, that's, that's what happens. Yeah. And, uh, soup, you mentioned this off air, but like, Aiden O'Connell did not have a great game either. Like he had a bad game. I think yeah. if you would ask like him or his coaches, they would tell you he had a bad game. Yeah. Like if you look, want to look at on the, on the, in terms of stats, he, he was only 27 to 40, 199 yards and with two picks, no touchdowns through the air. Uh, yeah, he didn't have a great game, but then again, um, some of the throws he made was under pressure. Like our defense got in there in his face. And I, I, I had to say some of the throws he didn't make his receivers did their job, but then the other times they didn't. So I think offensively, I think the game was very close for a long time. I think, uh, I think towards the end of the game, our defense got tired in the end and I let hard to uh, blame him. Yeah. And it let Devin uh, Mockaby run down the, was it Devin Mockaby that had that big run down the field? Uh, 45 looked like a linebacker out there. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, Mockaby got the huge 68 yard, a uh, long run into our red zone. So I think, uh, I, I overall, I think after time to think about it, lot watching the film, our defense played amazingly this game. Like, yeah, the uh, defense deserved to win yeah, that football game. Yeah, secondary sure. played amazingly. Uh, we got two picks. I mean, there could have been a third. It just, uh, again, we talked off air, and for our fans to know, we like to talk a lot off air as well, just to run through the show and initial reactions. But, like, I think, Soup, you mentioned it off air, where Tyler Newman, that ball went past his head on, like, the perfect yeah, he coverage. he had one year he was chasing a receiver to the boundary, and it just, the ball comes out, and... I even in the stands because, you know, we're over like the pylon in the back right corner of the end zone right, you know, in front of the band pit. And so I see this ball come out of Aiden O'Connell's hand. I'm just like, oh, that's a risky one. That doesn't look like it's on target. And it just, Newbin, you know, he didn't see the ball or whatever, but he found his man. You know, he did the right thing and, and played the man, not the ball. And then the ball just goes right over his head and immediately he puts his hands on his helmet just like, oh, if, if, if I had looked up, oh. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know. I thought the defense was, uh, I mean, that first drive was a little weird. A um, lot of missed tackles on that first drive. I'm going to chalk that up to being uh, over-torqued for homecoming. I think they just came out a little too hot and were a little too fired up and just got away from their fundamentals that first drive. And then an absolute horrendous, horrendous pass interference call on Terrell Smith. That is oh, yeah. <laughs> abysmal. That is one of the worst pass interference calls I've seen at any level of football in my life. Is it you worse than not... was it worse when Purdue got that same call against us during the COVID season? I don't even care. Don't even care. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go back to that. Don't even care. But the problem with this one is, is the official is right in front of it. He is right there. It is a poorly thrown ball. Terrell Smith has inside positioning on the ball from the receiver. He plays it absolutely perfectly he even gets a hand on the ball and his head turned around and you still throw the flag what like what do you as a db what are you supposed to do you're okay i gotta sorry the throws behind me coach i had to move so that the receiver could catch it because otherwise it would have been pass interference my bad and they score on the next play you know yeah whatever I will also say too, and I think PJ did take responsibility in his post game press conference, and then also again today's press conference to preview the Illini game. Um, he had the team go for it on fourth and one in our own 
what yard line was that? Fuck. Um, it's like our. It was like the thirty or something. Yeah, like it was, like, it was in there. It was not. It was not over the forty. Yeah, yeah, it was not past the forty at all. Like I remember that, and which honestly, like. I don't. I didn't. I didn't hate it that much in the moment. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I, I no. raised an eyebrow a little bit, but like, you can't get one yard on Purdue, yeah. man. The thing was you that you have the best I'll, center in the country. We do, and I saw what had me worried. I was like, oh, okay, we're going for it a little early. Okay, I'm a little scared. And then I was like, wait a minute, why is Cole Kramer out of the shotgun a few yards back? And then obviously, I don't know why. Um, I can't I, believe they I, didn't just run the, the I, QB sneak. They ran the goal yeah. line. I wasn't for some reason throughout this entire game. I don't like again. Mo is out. It was a game time decision. I feel like Potts trade did not um, play very well this game. I and I feel like Bryce had a better game. I know like in terms of total rushing offense, we only had twenty six carries for forty seven yards. Um, but other than that, I feel like Bryce had a better game overall. And 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 again, off air, Soup you mentioned was really good in pass protection when he had to be put in that spot. So I don't know. I felt like Trey didn't have a great. I think Trey was in that play with Kramer. Um, I just don't know. Like I don't um, know. I for Trey, I think Trey's a much more like East West. He's always fishing for the big play. It kind of kind of back because he's got that top end speed. He likes to try and get out to the sideline and and get upfield. Whereas Bryce is a much more decisive take what's in front of you north south runner. And I think that's also probably would play into that decision a little bit to just get him out snapping him. And then towards the end of the game, once you kind of have to start throwing the ball because you're down two scores, you know that Bryce is going to just see more time because he's the better pass protector. So mm-hmm. I I don't know. If I would read into it much more than than that, really. Yeah. Anything from you, Griffin, from this game? Uh, no, nah, I think you guys covered it. All right. Griffin's cool, cool. deep in thought. <laughs> I think it's just exhausted. <laughs> yeah. When did you get in this morning? I uh, got in at ten, and then just went straight to work. Oof! Yikes! Oof! Was it in yeah. office day or remote? It was in office. Oh boy! Oh boy! You're 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 better than most of us, good sir. <laughs> took, the, took the train from MSP to Target Center. All right, all right. Hashtag grind. <laughs> the grind. All right. So moving on, boys. Um. Uh, we are now back from bye. We had a bye week last week. Um, so this uh, going into this week, we are going to play, playing against the Illini. This is right now week one, two, three, four, five, six, week seven in the college football season. We're playing at uh, at the Illini in Champaign. It's at 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, it's going to be aired on Big Ten Network. And the Illini are right now are ranked 24th in the country, actually. Uh, five, and one, five and one overall, uh, two and one in conference. Uh, more recently, they're wins has been against Wisconsin and Iowa uh beating Wisconsin 34 to 10 and then last week beating Iowa 9 to 6 um and then their other Big 10 loss was against Indiana 23 to 20 um overall ESPN's FPI has the Gophers winning uh or has the chances of winning 62.8% to the Illini's 37.2 and then for the odds right now, um, go first favorite minus six and a half uh, over under being at 38. Um, 
So that's just some quick items on that. Uh, some news right now, uh, the Illini starting quarterback, uh, Tommy DeVito, is currently questionable for this Saturday's game. He did, I think, I think he left the last game with an ankle injury. Um, and Arsikowski of former uh, Rutgers fame, he was the four-star quarterback that went to Rutgers, uh, went to the same school as uh, uh, Zach Anikstead and Daniel Falele, IMG Academy, uh, is now is also at Illinois. Um, he might get the starting nod. Who knows? He did play. Uh, against Iowa last week as well. But I think their biggest threat is going to be their running back, Chase Brown, who is right now leading the Big Ten for the 151 carries, 879 yards, and four touchdowns. And um, he leads the country in yards after contact. Yep, that too. Um, so going on from there, what thoughts or stats you guys have for this game? I For this game, I really love how both teams – are very similar in their aspects of they have they both have defenses that um don't give up more than 10 points per game uh they can score both teams score more than on average more than 25 points a game and you both got a stud running back two they are easily top 10 in the country uh, who's gonna it's pretty much who's who's gonna blink who's gonna blink yep exactly which is are we both going to uh attack our each other's strengths and everything's gonna turn into weakness like i just feel like it could be a bloodbath it's gonna be another like three-point game i think the spread is huge for this game i really can't see anyone winning by more than one possession yeah to to touch on that i think the gophers opened a two and a half point favorite which on the road already if you think about like that's already pretty big and then I think they ballooned up to a seven-point favorite, like over the weekend, you know, on a few books. And I just, Griff, I couldn't agree more with you, Griff. Like, I don't, I, I don't think this is going to be that type of game at all. I think this one's going to come down to the wire. I think both teams are very well coached. I think both yep. teams, uh, both teams are contending for the Big Ten West too. Like, this is a big game for the Big Ten West for whoever's going to win the the big 10 west championship this is this is one of the more important games left on the schedule for you i think for both teams for minnesota and for illinois yeah and i will also note this while their defense is playing spectacularly as well like um i know i know as they pretty much comparing apples to apples like the illini have, have have a great has a great defense this year um a great running back our o-lines actually has stepped up from uh, previous season i also i also say too when they were under lovey smith i was just like <laughs> questioning everything that the illini do anyway but these are the same guys like yeah, these aren't same new guys. players yeah same guys long time experience they've been playing together for a while and, and i think whatever is whatever brett bielema uh, brett bielema is like coaching on these guys as well is yeah. working out very very well for this illini squad so uh, i yeah, also see a close game for big time coach of the year early front runner for Big Ten coach of the year. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, the, what he's done there, I mean, cannot be understated right now. I mean, you think of, I mean, I think, I don't know if this would be like taking shots at Illinois because I think for a long time people said this about the Gophers too until maybe two or three years ago. They're a talent-efficient program. Like when you think of Illinois, when you would think of Minnesota 
pre-PJ Fleck being a blue recruit guys. Now he's been here for six years, and there's a lot more talent on the team, and it's evident this year. Illinois is one of those schools that I think people would consider a talent-deficient program, but it just does not matter. That's the cool part about college football is, is some days it just doesn't matter who you got on the field because sometimes it comes down to coaching and execution, and uh, they those are two areas of the game where it's going to be very hard to beat an Illinois team. Yeah. And uh, to go into other news regarding this game as well, so I mentioned uh, the Illini's quarterback, uh, DeVito, is currently questionable, may have Sikowski start. But also I do want to mention uh, Mohamed Ibrahim is expected to play. Um, he has now pretty much three weeks to recover um, for this game, which is, I think, good. I thought, like, if he, as again, he had a scary ankle injury towards the end of that uh, Michigan State game the week prior. So Yeah, I was uh, surprised he played out the rest of the yeah, game, to be so honest with you. We do have Mo back, so he is back uh, healthy. Um, and I think we're pretty much bringing back all of our receivers, too. I think Daniel Jackson is also healthy as well. Um, pretty much everyone's back for this game. So Daniel I, Jackson, the only bright spot of the Purdue game. <laughs> Yep. really quick just to get him his flowers because we just didn't we kind of just shoved that one in the back of our brains which is i'm sure what the gophers did as well but daniel jackson he hit the century uh, mark or past that very much looking like the replacement plan for Ottman bell and <laughs> doing and doing a pretty good job yeah so uh moving on then you guys want to go into some keys of the game then uh for us to win pretty much like what keys you guys have for us to win i mean we they talk about it all the time, but I feel like it couldn't be more true. Uh, turnover battle in this game is going to be huge. Uh, you're you're talking a one possession um, final score. So if you give up the ball in the final two minutes um, and you give the other team a chance, you might have just shot yourself in the foot. Uh, things will change in the blink of an eye. It's college football. Things happen. Uh, so just playing smart, disciplined football uh, will get we'll get the team need we'll get the team the dub yeah i guess for me i'll say uh, i think the motto for this week in the locker room is going to be something about like let's get back to business like like that was weird that was not us let's get back to being us basically and uh one thing that i think really really is going to stand out if it's not good and we'll hopefully i mean we'll see pretty early i'm sure is uh, the run fits have to be better they just have to be better. They were not good against Purdue. They were really bad the first drive. They were better the second half. But you are going to need your linebackers to make plays for you in the run game here. And I'm talking, like, aggressive plays in the backfield and stuff. Like, Chase Brown is not going down on first contact. It is not happening. You're going to have to rally to the ball and bring him down. So it's going to have to be a game of fundamentals, and that, to me, boils down to your run fit. Because if you can stop this Illinois team from running the ball and make them reliant, your DBs are your best group of athletes on defense, I would say. And you're going to lean on them, I think. In that scenario, you would much rather have teams try and beat you throwing the ball where just getting run all over the field is not, I think, what you're built for. Yeah. And um, great key to game that because uh, right now with Tommy DeVito being, again, questionable and Art starts, uh, I will say Art is not the better quarterback than DeVito. Uh, and that's saying, again, like he's t again he has t some talent. But if Art is starting, then let make him beat us with passing the air. 
don't let Chase Brown beat us. So I totally yeah. agree. Um, I think for me, um, on the offensive side of the ball, um, down to the trenches are our boys on the offensive line. Our O-line did not play great. Or they were horrible um, last week against – or not last week, two weeks ago against Purdue. Um, again, it, it didn't help the run game. Like they couldn't get the gaps we needed for Trey and Bryce, obviously. And then pass protection was like, again, Tanner couldn't really see the field because he's trying to worry about himself. Um, so I say in the trenches, the old line has to be better. I can be more consistent and win uh, up in the line of, uh, in the trenches against that D line, that D line and linebacking core from Illinois. Cause um, if you don't block them well, they're going to get around you and get after Tanner or the running backs in the backfield pretty easily. Um, so that's my key. Anything else, gentlemen? I think the only other thing is just who's going to adapt the best on offense because both of these teams want to drain you with time of possession and the clock and running the football. And if both teams don't allow the other and they have to go to the air, who's going to, who's going to adapt better? Who's going to call? Absolutely. Who's going to call better sequence of plays um, and having a backup plan. Uh, So just, we'll see how, how that pans out. And if, I know the Gophers tend to be kind of stubborn. Like, obviously, we want to run the ball. We're good at it. But when someone knows that's all you want to do, it's going to be easier to target. And we have the weapons to uh, – well, both teams have the weapons, really, and have a balanced offense. No one um, throws for several hundred more yards and runs for this. But like, they're, they're both very balanced offenses. But there's going to be there's going to have to be some give and take, too. Yeah, yeah, I think – Griff, I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. Both offenses, I think what you're looking for is that they're both incredibly efficient offenses. They both are very good at what they do in imposing their will on you. And I, I could not agree more that uh, whoever's going to either, you know, push someone out of their comfort zone and, and then how do you respond to that? Because that's going to happen. That's just football. And whichever team adapts to that is I think going to win. But one thing I also just want to keep harping on is I mentioned run fits, but specifically fundamental tackling has been not great this year. I have seen way too many tackles miss this year of guys putting their eyes down and looking at grass and just whiffing and like throwing shoulder tackles, not wrapping up. To me, it's mainly the guys who are trying to tackle with their eyes down. Can't have that. We can't be, cannot do that this week. You can't do it because if you do, that's 10, 15 yards behind you. Like it's just, it's just the way that that guy runs. So you have to stand him up and wrap up. Like I think what would be really interesting this week would be to preach something about, like, if you're the first guy, don't count on making the tackle. But you got to slow him down, stand him up, right? Like, just grab on. Grab on and let, let everybody else rally to the football. So I don't know. That's uh, the tackling and the run fit. They both need to be better on defense. Yeah, I really like I really like that um, point of don't expect to be the one to make the tackle on the first try. I really, really hate that we're talking about this right now as the game that just happened on Sunday soup. But like, if you are that one DB that whiffs on a tackle and sure, you're not the first one to get it, you get up and you run after the ball and you still try and make a play pursuit. pursuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, even if it means running five yards to catch up to the receiver and stripping the ball out of his hands. Yeah, I mean, it's just about playing if, team defense, right? Yep. Even if you don't get it, pursuit. Yep. 
Yep, and that's it's it's it's. I think it's just going to be so important. I really do. I think it's it's just going to come down to who's flying around out there on defense more because both of these offenses, I think, are going to be tested by good defenses. So it'll be interesting to see, like we touched on before, who's going to blink, right? And Griff, I think, said it best when he said, you know, how do you respond once you get knocked out of what you want to do? So, For sure. So with that, let's segue actually into some predictions then. So again, um, spread is not too big. Uh, the betting odds is favoring minus six and a half on the Gophers. Um, but I'm not going to take that. Uh, I'll go first. That. I'm saying dub, but it's going to be a dogfight. We're going to win by a field goal, 17 to 14, Gophers on top. But I can see us taking the L and is flipped, where it's we lose by three as well. So I can see that. But I, again, I said preseason will win. So I'll take 17 to 14, Gophers on top with a field goal. This is more points than I initially was going to give the Gophers and Illini, but I think the Gophers should hopefully be angry enough to respond. Um, 23-17 Gophers. Because there's, there's still going to be that chance where, God forbid, something bad happens and the Illini take it the other way. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, give me, hmm, you know what? Good teams win, great teams cover, but not hmm. this not this week. Um, Gophers 27, Wow. Illinois 21. All right. Love six point. Hey, I think I'm being a little conservative there because <laughs> uh, Kirk Soraka has never come out of a bye week or an extended break like for a bowl game in any tenure with Minnesota and scored less than 30. So True. <laughs> Very true. I don't think that man has seen the light of day since the Purdue game. <laughs> Do we his... know? Have we seen him at practice? I don't uh, know. But... I don't know. Because like, remember, uh, what was it? The week, the bye week before Penn State in 19, apparently like during the bye week, he stuck in a, stuck inside his office to like study the hell out of the Penn State defense. He like lived in his office basically yeah. for a week. <laughs> it was crazy. But like, I don't know. Like I, I didn't really get to touch on the offense uh, at all during my keys. But on offense, I think you just need to get back to being an efficient football team. I don't think the Gophers are a run-first. I mean, they're a run-first team philosophy-wise, but I don't think they have to be a run-first team execution-wise anymore, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think that's who they want, what they want to do and who they want to be, but I don't think that they have to do that anymore, and I think they're okay with teams playing them heavy one way or the other now. I think the Gophers think if we can be efficient on, bo on both sides of the attack, passing and rushing, then we will win a lot of football games because teams are going to hedge us either way, right? Yep. No team is going to heavily play them to throw the ball. Everybody's going to play them to heavy run because you have Muhammad Ibrahim and a history of doing so. So I, I think the offense needs to just get back to being efficient, being on schedule, staying ahead of the sticks, being productive on those first two downs because they were just not productive yep. at all on the first two downs, basically all game against Purdue. Like it was bad. And I also want to mention too, um, 
I think a little bit of X factor, and if, if you can call it that, but um, Daniel Jackson kind of broke out in the Purdue game. Like, I mean, he had a good Michigan State game too, and he had Michigan two State as well, game, including so, a very good fade. So I think um, if we open up the game, like again, this is again, I wish this was happen. I probably won't happen. We open up a slam pass to Daniel Jackson, and he bangs his head on the goalpost on like the first play of the game. You know, that's very I mean, hot, I think, but I think I it's in that. the playbook. I think it's in the playbook. <laughs> I, I don't think they felt the need to um, to bring those out yet. They've, mm-hmm. I think they've stayed away from the slant RPO concept um, kind of purposefully right now. Because I think there's a lot of muck in that area of the field whenever you play Minnesota. Like, the defenses, the, the way they're defending Minnesota right now. There's a, You're seeing a lot of seven, eight-man boxes. And the, those slants can get kind of risky. For, for a quarterback like Tanner, who, um, I mean, he's a good, he's got a good arm. But, like, to throw those some of those slants on the RPO and into, like, a seven-man box, you need a, you need a cannon. Like, you need to really zip that thing. And Tanner's not that type of guy. And he operates much better, I think, over, like, the middle third of the field, like 10 to 15 yards, I kind of think, is some of his best stuff. And so I think they've, if you've, if like, watching, you know, going back and watching, they, they like really like to operate kind of that middle middle area of the field over the middle third as well, that 10 to 15-yard area. They like to run those digs and stuff in there. So um, I think we're going to just see a lot more of that of that and stuff off of that would be really cool. For sure. Um, anything else uh, for this game before we move on? All right. All right. So everyone, uh, we'll see you guys uh, next. Well, we're moving on, but uh, we'll see you guys for the, if you're going to uh, champagne and watch the Atlanta game, have fun, have a blast. If not, again, you can watch it on big 10 network. Um, for that broadcast so moving on so um some news between the uh when we went on by by gentlemen so paul chris from wisconsin got fired um after getting their asses whooped by brett bielema's squad uh, again 34 to 10 that uh, that weekend um and then recently uh, and then actually today or yesterday rutgers fired their offensive coordinator as well and then on terms of the NFL side, a major prominent name, uh, Matt Rule, got fired from Carolina. Uh, and if some viewers are, may be forgetting, um, Matt Rule coached Baylor before taking on the Carolina job and had a pretty good run as a college coach. Um, so there's been some black Sundays and Mondays this past couple of weeks. So uh, let's dive into that. Uh, I'll, I'll start off with Paul Christ. I was not expecting that. Honestly, I thought I was like, wait a minute, this is pretty early in the season. And right now with him fired, the interim coach is going to be um, uh, Jim Leonard, uh, the former Wisconsin linebacker. I think linebacker turned defensive coordinator leading uh, that squad for the remainder of the season. So um, any thoughts on that firing? I personally think it's a complete overreaction. Um the, you're, you're, I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about Bielema. Sure, he just absolutely destroyed Wisconsin, but that man used to coach that team. He knows all like all the ins and outs. I think of that program. 
and he and, wanted that game, right? Like that's a grudge match. Exactly. And so and it's like, okay, Paul Crest had a great Big Ten record, all-time record with the school. I think you just disrespected him uh, by not even letting him finish the season. Like, it just gives you Bo Pelini vibes. It's like, it's like this man was actually winning you games, and then you're like, well, this isn't good enough. It's like, well, he was good. he's good enough to finish the season, and then you reevaluate. But I don't think it's good for the team and just going to send Wisconsin down a bigger hole. Uh, who was their who's their star running back? Braylon Allen is that his name? Yeah, um, yeah. he he went off on the uh, Wisconsin um, uh, athletic department. Yeah, the tweets the tweets were hot. Yeah, the tweets were very hot from him and some of the current players on that roster, and I was like, whoo! And and I agree with Griffin. I I was getting Bo Pelini vibes and everything that juju. <laughs> So, um, so since we're, since we're on this, cause this is, this was my question. Cause I've been waiting to like ask you and Griff about this. All right. Right. Did Wisconsin Bo Pelini themselves, right? Is that what just happened now? What do you think Bo Pelini's record at Nebraska was before he got fired? He played, he was there for eight years, the same amount of time that Chris has been at, uh, Wisconsin. Wasn't it like 60? No, was was like, his overall record or his loss? His like, overall record. His overall record. Like 64 what? and something? 20? 60-something over 20-something? Yeah, you're, you're both on it. 67 and 27 in eight years. That's a 713 win percentage. So, 67-27. What do you think Paul Christ over eight years of Wisconsin is? Probably plus or minus two on both of those. 67 and 26. The one, one different, one less loss than Bo Pelini. Otherwise, it is the exact same <laughs> record. Yeah, and I, I don't, I, I, I wasn't a fan of college football when Bo Pelini got fired. But did their athletic director make a similar argument? Like we're we're here to win championships, not be oh the exact same argument. Okay. Yeah, they were like nine and seven every year, and they just weren't content with that. I guess I don't know. Okay. Cuz like the point is is you want to be a program like that that is 9 and 7 every year, contends for your division title every year, goes to Indianapolis like once every 3 years, you know? Like you want to be that program and then one year you have a really good year, right? And then all of a sudden you're, you know, now you're up a level. Now you're playing in those in those championships like you're talking about or now, you know, with the 12 team playoff coming up completely different, right? Like you have yeah. one good year as a top 12 team, anything can happen, you know? So um, I just think it's very interesting that Bo Pelini, Paul Christ, one game different records. Otherwise, the exact same, the exact same tenure. It's. I'm interested to see how it plays out, but I do not feel bad at all. Oh, true. I don't. I don't feel bad at all for Wisconsin because again, there are rivals, and I want to kick their asses every year in, in any sport: football, volleyball, hockey, all that shit. But I was like, damn. Already, all right. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it's reactionary, like like yeah. Chris said. It's 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 completely reactionary. Um, I I I just don't I don't understand it. Like, it just doesn't make any. I mean, he was when he was at Wisconsin, ten and three, eleven and three, thirteen and one, eight and five, ten and four, four and three during the COVID year. That's like that doesn't count. Nine and four. And two and three this year. Like what? Like what are we doing? Like 
Yeah. But we'll see what happens. But that opening is vacant for Wisconsin, um, which then gets me to actually uh, Mad Rule. Uh, Soup, you and I touched on this off air for a little bit. Um, with Matt Rule now in the picture for a new coaching opportunity because he got fired, do you think he steps into the Big Ten, you guys? Well, Matt Rule is making like 840k a month for like the next four years, so I don't know if he's like worried about getting back anytime soon. Maybe he does the maybe he pulls the Mike McCarthy and like goes into the lab for a year and then comes out into college. That's possible, yeah. Because I don't know, like I I feel like like these coaches like when they fail out of the NFL like this, like I feel like we forget about the human side for a minute that like this is the pinnacle of like people's careers and their dreams for their careers and then you get there and you're just not good enough. Like that has to you yeah. know really suck. And like yeah, they make a lot of money, but like we're all human and that it's a high stress environment and it has to suck to reach the pinnacle of your profession and to just not, not be able to hang. Like, yeah. That it? sounds uh, horrible. Nick, what Nick Saban didn't pan out with the dolphins when he was there. Yeah. Urban Meyer with the Jags. But then again, that's Urban Meyer's shit. That Urban went Meyer's down. probably different, shit, different, different story. story. Yeah. <laughs> Other stuff going on there. But yeah, uh, I could see that too. Like, Matt Rule taking a year or two off just to like recollect, figure out what him and his family wants to do again. Because I, uh, yeah. I think you mentioned it too. Football families, especially coaching families, don't have it easy as well. It's and tough. I, it's tough. And uh, well, yeah, I'm anybody who works in sports really. It's like such a sports is like just such a grind. Yeah. But yes, uh, Matt Rule did get fired. But uh, but yeah, right now in the Big Ten, Nebraska has an opening that they're searching for right now. And then obviously um, Wisconsin has an opening right now as well. But uh, yeah. Some... A great friend of mine asked me a, a great question about this. What do you think the better job is Nebraska or Wisconsin? I hate, I don't like my answer, but it is true. I think Wisconsin is the better job. I don't agree. Okay. Well, yeah, you think, think Nebraska's Nebraska. better? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Nebraska's been worse for longer. True. C- currently, and they're st- they're still like crazy donors. Their NIL is insane. Like their NIL compared to Wisconsin's, I think, is what makes True. a huge difference there. I think the money in Nebraska is is yeah. uh, is bountiful. True. Um, I do. I will say that Nebraska does have a lot of money. But um, th- the reason I said Wisconsin is that right now, if they want to win now, they have a talented running back. They have a decent offensive line and actually de- some good pieces on defense already. Again, they're still young. Need some work up to do. But I think if Man. you want to win now, I think Wisconsin has a chance. But again, from what I'm seeing, I'd say Wisconsin has the better chance. But I don't know. Yeah. We'll see We'll see how things no. shake out in the coming years. I think Nebraska, like you'll recruit better. You'll have more NIL money. It's a school with kind with a greater legacy following wise like i i don't know what it is about i i'm i'm the last person to want to say nebraska's the better job trust me but <laughs> i just think i think if and i just think it's you know i think it's a very interesting question what, do you, what about you griff uh, i would say 
probably I, w- I really wanted to say Wisconsin, and I think I agree with Soup just because Nebraska. Is, if you're a coach looking for a quick buck, I think you can lock in a long-term contract and finesse hella hella money from them. But also they have just the support and donors that I don't. I mean, I guess I don't know what like kind of booster money they bring in for both. But you you know you have a loyal fan base in Nebraska that is willing to support you. And I think that makes it easier. And not only that, but, you know, you have just the history at Nebraska. Um, so I'd probably say I'd agree with Soup and say Nebraska. Probably the more attractive place. And, I mean, you can also kind of just start building. Uh, I mean, I feel like Scott Frost never built anything. Rule that rule has the chance to actually, you know, climb back up and build a program. Yeah. It's going to be so easy to recruit. Like it's not going to be hard to recruit. So. Yeah, for sure. Uh, outside of that, any other topics you guys want to touch on? Uh, anything else from college football or NFL? Who's playing Thursday night? Who actually who's playing tonight for Monday night? Bears commanders, baby. Oh boy! Hey, hey! Wait, easy there. Wait, wait, tonight? No, Thursday. Oh, sorry, T- you I, said I, Thursday. Sorry, my bad. I meant tonight. Chiefs tonight and, is uh, Chiefs and Raiders. Now I see it. Yeah. I mean, but Bears got a short week. Bro, the Raiders are zero four. Come on. Stop. <laughs> I thought the Raiders got a win. Am I wrong? Wait, are they? No. Wait, what? Are they zero four? Are they are they in zero four? Oh, maybe. No, no, they're, no, they're one and three. Uh, okay. But yeah, and then Thursday, Bears and Commanders. Yep. I still hate that name. I I, I like the other name better, Washington Football Team. <laughs> yeah, they should have just stuck with that. Honestly, They're... that was so funny and so great. Like, and how popular are all of the soccer teams in Europe that that's just their team name? That's their name. <laughs> like nobody cares, dude. You're not that cool. But Dan Snyder had to be Dan Snyder doing Dan Snyder things. It could have been the Obamas. <laughs> <laughs> or like football team McFootball face. <laughs> True. But other than that, um, you guys was one in it here tonight? What'd you say? You cut. Oh, sorry. Want to end it here tonight? Eh. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Griff, I'm surprised it's still upright, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, he's laying on the floor. <laughs> but well, everyone, for uh, thank you so much for listening and watching today's podcast. Uh, again, uh, today we were recapping the Purdue game from two weeks ago and previewing the Illini game. This is Saturday. So again, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Have a great week, great weekend, and we we'll see you guys next week for uh, recapping the Illini game and previewing against um, Penn State. Uh, that's gonna be uh, an amazing. I think prime like time a, game. I feel like it's gonna be a fun podcast to do as well. Prime time game as well. But uh, we'll see you guys next time. And I'm one of your host, Jason O, along with Griffin Most Soup Season. And we'll see you guys next time. And oh.